You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new Centerfire Rifle Ammunition Terminal Ascent. Now, the Terminal Ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The Terminal Ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet and it comes in a variety of cartridges including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06 and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com and while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. Joining me today is Micah. Hello, friend. Hey, buddy. What are you up to? I'm really tired today. I'm not going to lie. Long day at work? It, it was a Monday. Slinging that propane? Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> it, was a, it was definitely a Monday today for me. So, But I'm here. And, yeah. <laughs> you're here and you're here. Yeah, I'm here. Well, at least, I mean, the long day at work does suck. Sure. Uh but we have a fun episode on hand. Yes. Tales of the Chase, this one. We had uh, Joe and Gabe on. And they actually, Joe killed a monster deer, not, you know, within 45 minutes of us yeah. right now. So, yeah, really we, cool. we heard about this story. It's it's kind of cool how it came together. We um, just through a friend found out this guy killed a giant. Uh, not far from us in Johnson County, and so found him on Facebook, and he's like, heck yeah, I'd love to come on, and uh, I mean, Joe is a regular guy like you and I, like everybody listening to us, and killed a 213-inch beast that he'd never seen before the day he killed it. Yep, didn't have any history or anything like that. Uh, That's the magic of the rut at times. Yep. Yeah. Uh, As everybody knows, the rut our rifle season usually hits around the rut in Missouri, and so this is the type of stuff that can happen. I mean, you don't want to be too, like, Disney about it, but dreams can come true. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, yep. yeah, for you, sure. you have no idea this deer even exists, and now it's dead. Yeah. And Joe was cool enough to bring the rack with him tonight, and yeah. so you and I got to place our hands on it. Holy hell. Yeah, if you 
checked out early i mean a few weeks ago i actually put it on the instagram story so you probably got a quick glimpse of it and stuff like that but we'll have pictures and everything like that coming yeah up. i mean it's it's a beast so uh congratulations joe once again mm-hmm. uh, we're excited to hear this story it's a cool story it's some some funny stuff some some unfortunate things that happened to him that i mean happens to the best of us and sure. you know he kind of shrugs it off and, and we get to laugh about it and um just a fun time his his buddy gabe comes on more as more just for moral support than anything. Gabe didn't really get to talk much. But right. Well, he doesn't know us from Adam, so he, you know, felt yeah. like I had to bring somebody. It's kind of kind of fun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, actually, getting to talk to Gabe, uh, we're probably going to have him on the show at some point and talk about some mountain lions. Yeah, he goes so. out and he does. Uh, I can't remember what state he said, but uh, Montana he, was it Montana? I so think he, so. Yeah, he goes out Montana and mountain lion hunts and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool. So it's cool to meet these guys. Um, like I said, we didn't know these guys at all. Uh, before this, um, just kind of worked out, and they're two nice guys, two hardworking regular guys, and mm-hmm. um, so hope everybody enjoys this show. You ready to get in on it? Get this. in it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. That's my spot. Uh, all right, I'll let you have it. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> this is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'll let you have that one. All right. <laughs> All right, we're excited for this one today. Oh, yeah. With us today, we got Joe Robb. Joe, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not a whole lot. And his buddy, Gabe Pearson's with us, too. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, so before we get into this, um, this is one of our Tales of the Chase episodes. We're going to hear a badass story about a badass deer that is the rack is sitting in front of all of us right now, and I'm having a hard time concentrating. It's, but I, I think it's the second biggest deer I've ever seen. Rack wise, really? in front of me. I have, yep. I doubt I've seen anything bigger than this one, but <laughs> we'll get into the story yeah. for folks. We don't want to ruin it. But uh, so anyway, before we get into this, we'll have you guys introduce yourselves real quick. Joe, we'll start with you. Uh, just introduce yourself to everybody who you are, where you're from, what you do for a living, and we'll just go from there. Well, all right, my name's uh, Joseph Rob. I go by Joe. I drive a tow truck. I've been driving a tow truck off and on for about <laughs> six and a half years. Uh, uh, born and raised in Warrensburg, Missouri. I live outside of Warrensburg, Missouri in Centerview, little bitty town. You blink, if you drive by, blink, you miss it. Yep. They got a strip club, though, don't they? <laughs> uh, they used to. They, they used, used to. to. Now, okay. the only, now the closest thing you can get to is Fantasy Ranch, and that's <laughs> not no good. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I found out about you. I mean, we only live, what, 15 minutes away from each other? Yeah. It's a small world. I mean, it depends on how fast you drive. Well... <laughs> Depends on which which small highway you took on the way here. It's how fast you might go, yeah. too, you know. Yeah, yep. it, gets, it can get sketchy at night. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, Gabe, how about you? Uh, Gabe Pearson from uh, from Odessa. I live in Warrensburg now, but own Pearson Contracting. Uh, big deer hunter. Hunter for 19 years or so, but I'll probably never kill a deer this big, I'd say. <laughs> you know, I got to feel bad for Joe a little bit in this episode because there's three other guys here that all are kind of pissed off at him. Oh, yeah. More than anything, right? I'm not pissed. <laughs> For sure. I just, I'm jealous. Jealous. Maybe <laughs> that's the better word. Jealous. Yeah. Well, I'm pissed off, though. I'm just here to give you some tips so we can do one next <laughs> I'll take any tips I can get. <laughs> if that means I'll kill a 200-plus-inch deer, whatever I need to do. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that is crazy. So, all right, um uh, so, get, Joe, for yourself, give everybody kind of background of, you know, when you started hunting, you know, what kind of hunting you like doing the best, um, and We'll just kind of go from there, and then we'll get into this the meat of this story. 
Uh, I've been hunting since I was eight years old. Uh, my dad got me into it. And when, I mean, the only thing, the, I was big on rifle hunting. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was no big deal about, you know, shooting racks or anything else like that. We did this for meat. And that's all we did it for. Right. We, mm-hmm. There was no trophies. We weren't trying to get trophies. So we'd go out and. In that time, there wasn't no point restriction. There wasn't no nothing. We shot whatever came out. First thing, first thing legal comes out, you're shooting it. Yeah, unless thing. it was little. Yeah. If it wasn't worth it, you know, my dad always told me it's got to be at least a decent size, so that way we have some meat, and mm-hmm. that's all right. we did. And every year it was, I mean, it was the same property we hunted for years uh, there until my parents did get divorced, and then I, it was pretty much just hopping properties from then. Whoever would let me hunt, you mm-hmm. know. But I was all big into rifle hunting, and that's all I ever wanted to do. Never cared to do the bow hunting. Uh, and I just got into that last year. Oh, so you're nice. new to it then. Yeah. So you're actually in, in a lot of trouble then because if you're just now getting into bow hunting, it, you'll if you're like anybody else, you're going to love it, and you're going to start spending all your time shooting bows and thinking about it, and then you got all this extra time you can hunt deer. Yeah. You know, it opens up a lot more. Fifteenth opens up a lot more opportunity. Yeah, but I'll go ahead and uh, give you the bad news because I'm a crossbow hunter. It's legal. Once again, legal. Yep, is what it is. I love shooting a compound. Mm -hmm. I love it, but I cannot sit there and hold that draw because my right shoulder's messed up. And Gabe here, he's had shoulder shoulder surgery, and I'm telling you what, he can he can do some stuff now with the bow. But me, I'm just like I can't do it. I. And I've all I was raised on was rifle hunting. Yep. I'm used to looking down a scope. Yep. Hey, and listen to this. Don't ever apologize for the way you choose to use your tag either. Yeah, <laughs> that's Dude, your like, your tag, your yep. deal. You do whatever you want. Yeah, to do, man. We ain't gonna, we don't judge. I mean, everybody's got the way they like hunting. I mean, there's there's hardcore bow hunters, which we are. Um, there's traditional bow hunters, which I'm gonna be buying one of those soon. Even try to make it harder on myself, but. Yeah, there's there's crossbow, there's rifle. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to hunting. But the thing that I always, I think we've said this on the show before, is uh, is we if it's your tag and you're hunting the right way and you're ethically hunting, nobody should say a word about the way you're using, choosing to use the, the the tag that you purchased. So remember that. Don't ever apologize. Use what you want, as long as it's legal. It's legal. Yeah. Who cares? Um. So. Yeah, you're going to start having problems, though, because yeah. then you're going to be in the woods a <laughs> Do lot more. you have any more. kids? <laughs> married, having kids or anything? Yep, I just got married June 14th. Okay, any kids yet or anything? Yeah, I got a one. She just turned one Saturday, Okay, and I have a six-year-old son. Okay. I mean, it's definitely harder on the family because <laughs> you're definitely going to want to spend a little bit more time. But, I mean, now that, you know, he's six or whatnot, you can take them out with you and stuff. But I mean, now that, I mean, now that I've got this monster sitting here, my, my goal isn't really – much besides downgrading, so <laughs> you're never going to go over <laughs> exactly. This. Yeah. So my set goal now is to get. I actually got my wife into it this year. Oh, that's she awesome. shot her first doe. Oh, cool. Uh, my son seen my rack and he's like, "Dad, I I want to go get a deer." Like, All right. So my goal now is to go out there and I'll take them too, and then daughter gets old enough she wants to go. Well, my goal is now is to get them a big one. Yeah, there you I've go. got my big one, so let's put theirs on the wall with mine. That's yeah. awesome. Most people like hunting. You know, you always you go through phases or whatever. And I think Mark Kenyon brought it up. He was like, first stage, you just want to kill one. 
like the second stage you want to kill as many as you can and then you kind of get into the get bigger than the one before you kind of skip the bigger than the one before because there's no way and people that don't know we're looking it was gross scored 213 inches mm-hmm. it's going to be next to impossible to find something bigger than that so i mean now yeah like you said it's it's pretty cool now you can just focus on you know taking the family and just having a good time with it so yeah yeah and and I mean, you can still be in those different phases of hunting yeah, throughout absolutely. your, you know, hunting career, we'll call it. But um, you're playing with house money at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so you've been hunting for as long as you can remember, especially with a rifle. You mm-hmm. just recently got into archery hunting last year, um, which is a new experience in itself as far as the time of the year. I mean, you're getting to do different things and you don't have to wait till November, whatever it is, 7th or 14th or whenever rifle season starts. 14th. Can't remember what it 14th was. 14th or 15th. You know, you can you can be hunting for a few months before that, and it's kind of nice because there's not as many people out during archery season typically, and, uh, you know, it's kind of nice. So, um, Gabe, are you pretty, you're a pretty big bow hunter, you said? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this man, what I do. So you kind of you kind of get that, you know. you you A lot of times you can go to the woods and you don't see other hunters. For sure. Um, now, rifle season in Missouri is a different thing. It's – I mean, there's the orange a reason army. They, yeah, they call it the orange army yeah. for a reason. So, yeah, so it's pretty cool. But, um, all right, let's let's kind of get into the story of this guy. Um, we'll start about we'll start kind of talking about where you were hunting him first, and kind of give people a kind of a snapshot of what you were doing. So, have you been hunting the property that he died off of for very long before this year? No, this is my second year hunting it. Okay, so it's your second year there. Um, and kind of explain just a little bit of the setup of the property. Don't give anybody addresses, <laughs> but, um, just the setup of the property, you know, kind of timber crop, what is it? Um, you know, kind of your plans, you know, maybe what surrounds it a little bit, you know, makes you decide what you're going to do. Um, and then we'll kind of just go from there on what you experienced last year, kind of moving into this year. Well, uh, it's mainly... It's set up in like squares. There's, you got, you got a forty acre lot, a twenty acre lot, oh no 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 thirty acre lot, a twenty acre lot, and a ten acre lot, and they're all just spaced out into those three squares. Mm-hmm. Well, whenever it's her grandparents, so whenever she started, <laughs> my wife's grandparents, whenever they started getting this property, they started with only twenty, mm-hmm. and they just bought these squares that was connected to them. They're mainly open fields. Mm-hmm. He runs cattle through there every year, but only for a certain amount of time. Uh, there's only two parts of it, the timber that runs through, and it's directly through the middle of all three squares. Okay. Uh, it's all open around it. You do have timber on the other side of the property line that butts up to other people's properties that are that are there around me. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it gets crazy because I, it's hard to believe this. There is a thousand acres that is also sitting except for this property that they do not let anyone hunt it. No one hunts it. No one goes over that, there. That butts right up to this. To yeah. T- talk yeah. about a sanctuary. Yeah. You know. And then on the on the other side of mm-hmm. it, uh, there's another kid that just bought it this year, and they hunted on it. Mm-hmm. They did hunt on it every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no one that where this property sits is slapped at him in the middle. And there's no crops. 
there's no farming, nothing around where I hunt. Mm-hmm. It's just cattle, open you know, open fields yeah. of cattle, and yep. a little bit of timber. Uh, there's a lot of acorn trees, uh, and through the past years, he did. He used to go through there and he would plant clover through mm-hmm. the fields for the cattle and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And so all that's still there. I'm trying to lay it out in my head. Hey, that's all if right. If I could show fine. you, like, yep. If I could just let you see my eyes, you would understand completely. Well, you can uh, show me on a map later. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ahead of all you guys. I know exactly where it's at. Yeah. Uh, it sits right off a gravel road, just out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a there was a lot of gunshots around me this year, more than what I expected. Mm. But that wasn't until the second weekend of rifle season is right. when all the firing started happening. Yeah. Opening morning, it was it was quiet around me. Uh, but where where I hunt, there is a lot of hunters out there. But that thousand, I think that's what that's what helps is that thousand acres that they don't touch. Sure. Oh I mean, yeah. Uh, the, if you got a sanctuary like that where deer can go and stay, and they don't have to worry about pressure or anything, and they have the opportunity to grow into something like that, I mean, I mean that that and has to be it, right? If there. you think mm-hmm. about it, a thousand acres. There are a lot of deer, a lot of uh, live deer, that they can live their whole lives in a thousand acres and never leave it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are you've 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 heard stories. I mean, it, uh, Gabe, you said you listened to uh, podcast too. Yep. I mean, there's stories out there that there are these these seven year old, seven eight year old mature bucks that will live on a sixty acre parcel for the the last five years of their life because they figure out how to stay alive and. They don't need much to stay alive, and they'll they'll be right there next to their food. Go get their food. Go right back to where they're bed. They do their breeding. You know that's when they're most susceptible, obviously, to getting killed. Um, and seems like the story we heard prior to, to recording is similar with this deer. Um, but we'll get into that. But yeah, that that thousand acre sanctuary sanctuary right there. That's awesome because I mean that work that works out pretty good for you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and there's. There's, they're actually separated fields as well. It's all fenced off. Mm-hmm. Everything's got a gate from when you enter from the beginning to you get to the back part. And I mean, and there is hills. Uh, when you first enter the property, you'll come in, it's all flat. And then you've got another field that's got just a, a hill crest right in the middle of it. And then when you, you work your way to the back, you'll go across a bridge. You got to go across a creek that it's a homemade bridge that uh, her grandfather made. And you go to the back, and it just, it's weird, because once you get to the back lot, it just drops. Really? And you drop into a holler, and then you got all this thicket mm-hmm. there in the back. The first year I hunted this place, I thought that was the hot spot. I'm thinking, thicket, they're going to hide, they're going to bed, you know, <clears throat> this is going to be the hot spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that wasn't the case. <laughs> really? So. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your first year there. Um, so, it was, it, you, you said your wife's grandparents' place. Yep. Um. And so, it was your first year there last year. Did you do anything as far as, you know, trying to um, put cameras out? Did you do any planning of any food? Did you have to, did you work on the the property at all for her grandparents? How did you kind of approach your very first year there since you were, I mean, obviously last year you were going in blind. Yeah. Uh, So, pretty much her her grandfather ended up catching wind that that I hunted. Well, and... Deer season was coming around. Mm-hmm. She was pregnant. Uh, 
and I was like, I didn't really want to go far from home because my other place I hunted was down in Wheatland, Missouri. That's a drive right there, yeah. It's about an hour and a half to go mm-hmm. away, and I'd be gone for the whole weekend. Well, her grandpa said, looked at me and goes, if you need a place to hunt, you're welcome to hunt my property. It hasn't been hunted in three to four years. We don't hunt anymore. He goes, but I don't ever see deer out here. I'm like, okay. And so I end up walk, going out one, one weekend and just kind of looking it over, and uh, I I just I couldn't believe it. I mean, there was deer tracks everywhere. I was walking through this place. I was finding rubs, mm. scrapes. I mean, there's licking branches. There's, I was finding all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then he's like a brother to me. We grew up together. Uh, James Lakey, he's he. Me and him both went into this property together because mm-hmm. usually, dang near every year, it's me and him hunting together. And uh, me and him went out there, and we were just amazed by just talking to him and him telling us there was no he never seen deer yeah he's seen a lot of coyotes and every now and then he's seen turkey but he never seen a lot of deer so minute we caught wind of just the tracks that we seen the rubs that we were seeing we instantly put trail cams out we had six cameras out there within that same weekend we were out there saturday and we went back out sunday and started slapping up cameras on the heavy trails that we were seeing that were real mud down you mm-hmm. could tell they were going through a lot and then we just, the other cameras, we kind of just kind of winged it and hoped for the Sporadic, best yeah. and just kind of stuck them up somewhere. And the funny thing was, is that once we did that, a few weeks went by and the cameras that we caught the bucks on were the ones that we just threw. We <laughs> did not the just ones that it. were on the heavy trails. Right. And so we started gathering all these pictures up. And showing her grandpa, and he couldn't believe it either. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, you've got <laughs> right deer out there. here. Yeah, you've got deer out here like crazy. And he goes, yeah, it hasn't been hunting for three or four years. So, And then after that, that's when we decided to start putting some stands and blinds up. So we ended up installing a two-man stand last year. Uh, and then I stuck a – I bought this uh, six – no. Six or seven person blind off of Amazon. Oh my god! It's huge. It's huge. This yeah. thing, this thing, you could sleep in it. You could sit your cot up in the back. You know, you that's your, awesome. And this last year was my first year of introducing myself to the Mister Buddy Heater. Oh yeah, those are awesome, especially when you're in a blind. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I won't go without one now. Yeah, they and, are nice. And I started using those little green can, little canteen propane tanks yeah those don't work you got to get the extension to go on one of the full propane tanks if you do that because those little green ones they frost over and then they freeze up and the heater quits working once i got the attachment for the big thing yeah for that big canister oh man i was i was sweating inside my blind do you do you do you guys hear that right now or do you feel that oh yeah do you sure. do you feel the pride welling up in micah i'm in the propane business so yeah, he's, he's oh. a propane delivery guy yeah. oh, <laughs> so, yeah. he's so. just everything you're saying he's just like yep that's correct you yep, got yep. It. you're right putting out too Damn many it, BTUs, Bobby. making those <laughs> that's great sweat. say we're sitting here with hank <laughs> <laughs> yep so uh, but yeah they do make a difference they're awesome yeah we gave one of those away a few months yeah. ago or yeah uh, right before rifle season or something like that i can't yeah. remember but yeah my work uh, supplied us with one yeah it was so. pretty awesome so, um, all right, so you put out cameras, you, you started seeing stuff, and this is all last year. Yeah. Uh, and by last year, we mean not this last season, but the season before, because it is 20. Right, it would have been the 2019 season. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
So you, you were seeing stuff. Um, and this is – was this before archery season? Because you said you yeah. started archery hunting last Yeah, year. it was a couple weeks before okay. archery season. So you're, we're talking early September, late August. Yep. Yeah, because, uh, like I said, James, he's he's a big bow hunter as well. Mm-hmm. And he kept telling me, you need to get into bow hunting, you need to get into bow hunting. I was like, dude, I've never done it. And he goes, yes, but bow hunting, you can scout. And he goes, and I know you like to scout. And he goes, this is your opportunity to do it. I was like, oh, okay. So this this next part is going to get you just as good as the the finishing one. Ready because for it. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. So we did our scouting and everything else. And so he wanted to sit in the two-man stand. We went out. It was the second weekend of bow season on a Saturday. And uh, – we ended up going out to him. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to sit in my big blind. That's what I've been doing. I haven't seen much. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go sit in the two-man. I was like, oh, okay. So we get there, and we're getting out. We're walking into the woods. I'm like, dude, I ain't going to make it to the woods. He's like, why? I was like, because I didn't take my morning shit. <laughs> I was like, dude, I got I got to get back up to his house. I got to ask her grandpa if I can use the bathroom. <laughs> so he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and go sit in the stand. Okay. So I went up there. We all feel your pain, <laughs> by the way. And I'm sitting in there. I'm like, should be out there and we already had a late morning because we screwed up my coffee wasn't made I, it was a bad morning <laughs> just a bad start to it all and so i'm finishing up just getting out of the bathroom went to go walk out the door and my phone rings and it's james he goes dude you won't believe this and i'm like what he goes i just shot a massive doe <laughs> i'm like are you serious he's like no he's like all right well i'm walking i'm walking in my blind so i'll be there a minute he's like all right all right so I get off the phone, I'm walking out there, you know, and I'm walking out real slow because I know he doesn't shot a doe. Right. So that's telling me they're moving. Sure. So I'm like, all right, I got to take it easy. So I go ahead and put my full mask on. I'm full camoed. I'm all out. My phone, my phone's vibrating in my pocket. I'm like, crap, crap. I answer, I answer. He goes, where are you at? I was like, I just got to the first gate. He goes, come up here to the stand. There's a buck. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right. So I hang up again and I get, there's a. When you walk through the gate and you kind of go off to the right, and you walk up kind of a little bit of a slant hill, and it's a bunch of cedar trees. And then when you come up the hill, we stuck this two-man stand up on the hill. So that way you could look down all the way around the hill to where you could see anything coming. And there's a creek that runs right underneath this two-man stand. And I just get right at the crest of the hill to where I can see him standing in the two-man stand. My phone's vibrating again. Well, of course, I can see him holding his phone up to his face. Yeah. And he's like, where are you at? I was like, dude, I can see you standing in the stand. And I just kind of see him lean back. And he looks right at me and he goes, stop now. I was like, oh, all right, all right. <laughs> he goes, dude, he's walking right to you. I'm like, what? He goes, take three steps to your right and then walk straight up. I was like, all right. So I took three. And then at this point, I put my phone in my pocket. So I had my crossbow ready <laughs> and uh, took three steps to the right, took two steps forward. And he instantly tells me to stop. And I can hear him in my pocket. <laughs> and I'm standing there. And out of nowhere, this buck just walks broadside right out. I mean, 20 yards from me. Oh, wow. Right out beside this tree. And so I drawled up. Well, right as I, right as I draw up, I got him in the scope. But right as I fired, my crossbow was so loud, he turned and looked at me. And I had a broadside shot, but I ended up shooting him in the neck. I had to track him 200 yards before I found him. Oh, well. And he was a which, seven point. Which isn't that crazy for a, an archery shot. I mean. Yeah, it's not uncommon. Yeah. So. Yeah, they'll run. Yeah. So, I mean, I was I was happy of the fact that 
I didn't really have to hunt. I mean, <laughs> I had to do my morning duty, and I walk out of the woods, shoot my deer, and go back inside. This archery hunting is nice. Yeah, this yeah. is easy. Sounds like you're real lucky this year. <laughs> yeah. So, and and that's so is that 2019 then? I mean, yep. you you got one with the archery. Did you did you rifle hunted? Yep. In 19, the season of 19, mm-hmm. uh, and didn't get anything as far as a buck, or did you get any does? Or out of the three of us, we took five. Nice. Uh, we took. Three does, or no, yeah, three does and a buck. I was the only one that got the buck with the bow season. Gotcha. So here's the interesting part people can start getting into on this story. So in 2019, you and your buddy started putting out cameras. Mm-hmm. And like you were telling me on the phone the other night, uh, good some good bucks were on camera. But this guy, mm, never, never once, him. huh? Yeah, never once last year. Don't get into this year yet. But so – you know this this deer as of last year didn't exist in your in your mind you didn't know he existed but there were some good deer you know on that property that you had hunted you got a decent one you said and yeah the uh, biggest one we seen last year was uh the biggest one i seen in person was a big 8 i mean he's and this year he was a 10 mm-hmm. but last year he's a he's a big 8 he's still out there uh on camera the biggest one we got was a 12 last year on camera and we've yet to see him in person it's a it's a good it's a good start though to a property when you're like oh all right, we got the some potential got there. some bucks mm-hmm. there yeah you know well, when, when her grandpa said i don't see deer you go from okay this probably isn't any anything to but, putting but, out some cameras and you're like well you said you walked it and saw a bunch of scrapes and rubs and all that and then you get cameras out and you see deer so and then you harvest one, and then everybody else harvests, you know, whatever they did uh, the rest of the year uh, throughout rifle season. So it it did well for you. Yes. Year one. Uh, now year two, 2020. Um, kind of approached it the same way. You guys put cameras out, um, did some scouting. You might I don't even know. You might have hung more stands or whatever, but kind of take us through the beginning of this year. How you went about it for so, this season? Well, so since we already scouted that 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 prior year, we went ahead and stuck cameras out during the summertime, mm-hmm. and we started monitoring it somewhat during the summer, just kind of seeing if we could see what was still there compared to what we got just that season, that past season, and we weren't getting anything. I mean, nothing. The cameras were dead. We weren't getting pictures of nothing, and then right. Right closer, uh, about about the same time, about two weeks before bow season, we started getting crazy pictures. I mean, deer after deer. I mean, there was groups of seven to eight does together. There was three or four bucks running together. You it said was, a few weeks before bow season. Mm-hmm. He's that damn property. Yeah, he's the one that... He's the one where all the the bucks disappear off of and go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our properties are the opposite. Yeah. We get them all during the summer, and then once the season comes, that's when they leave. Yeah, they go hard horn and just like, well, they're gone for a while. Now, they'll they'll start coming back. But I, my main property, I bet after they go hard horn, I bet they'll leave for a good solid month. I won't, I won't almost get a single picture of a buck. And then season hits, and they start kind of trickling back in, and... It works out fine, but yeah, you're you're where they go. That, you're that that <laughs> property, which is a good be. thing. Good yeah. place to be. Well, see, we have a five. I'd say five acres of it. There's a big. I mean, it's a deep creek. 
you, you can't drive to get to the other side. you got to climb to get to this side. And then there's a little five-acre lot field that's open that never gets brush hogged, never gets nothing. It's it's always tall. Yeah. And we end up going over there, and I'm telling you, the biggest bedding area I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that right there told us we ain't touching it. Yeah. We're leaving it. Leave it alone. And then it butts up to another that to the back part of the property, which they bed all around the edge of that, which was that back part that drops down mm-hmm. and is the deep sand and the where I first was gonna think that it was a hot spot. And that's where I figured out that they that's where they go to bed and that's where they go to pretty much get away from everything if they need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean after going in from that couple weeks, like I said, a couple weeks before bow season, pictures just started coming in left and right. And then bow season started, and nothing. <laughs> they were there for a couple weeks. We actually started realizing that every two weeks on that third week, we'd see them. So every three weeks, we were seeing deer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were like, well, we're, we weren't real sure what to do from there. And so, when well, boat- the thing is, I mean, it, <clears throat> you're you're in the beginning of the season, so I mean, deer are still on their cycles. They haven't started rutting really yet, and stuff isn't happening, so they're still on cycles. So it's, I mean, it's very possible that just the way they were cycling that year, they were going to be coming through your property every ten days or twenty days or whatever, and you start seeing that, and as soon as you start figuring it out. Well, then does start going into heat, and then the pre-rut hits, and then, I mean, then stuff starts going crazy. But What yeah. I think threw it off, though, is he runs cattle through there, and mm-hmm. he only runs it for so many months. Yep. Well, that so many months was right before we stuck our cameras back out. Mm-hmm. So they changed their complete route because they didn't like the cattle being there. Once, yep. After, I'd say, a month and a half, two months went by with no cattle, then that's when we started getting more pictures. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Too. Yeah. But, I mean, the cattle, they destroyed it. They they roughed it up. I mean, I was trying to go out there without breaking my ankles. Yeah. But you your own your old property, Micah. Yeah. The, the, he ran, the guy used to have run cattle. Yeah, and he was, ran cattle year round on it, and so I would I would have to hunt. I mainly just hunted the edges. I never hunted in the middle of the property, and it, it was it had timber and stuff all throughout it. But the deer would always they would just cut corners. They would never stay on the property and stuff mm-hmm. like that because of the cows and stuff like that. So yeah. I mean. I still had lots of deer movement and stuff like that, but I, they never stayed there. They'd always just cut the corner, so I was always hunting the edges and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's what yeah. we ended up realizing they were doing because the creek goes through this property and goes on to other ones. Mm-hmm. We figured out that they were using that creek, and then they were avoiding everything else until after the cattle got out. Yep. Yeah, makes and, sense. And I, someone told me this. It's not that deer don't like cattle. They just avoid they just, them. Why, why would you want to be around it when you don't have to be? Yeah. Right. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, you know – uh, this real stinky guy that you know lives up the the street from me. I don't like him necessarily or whatever, so I don't I don't dislike him, but don't mean I'm going to go hang out with him every day either. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing with cattle. I mean, deer just kind of stay away. So as soon as the cattle come off your grandpa's farm, they they notice and they start showing back up. Yeah, makes sense. So make sure you tell grandpa. You're going to take them out every every year in July, right? Or, or whatever, in June. You, they, they're coming out, right? I've tried to talk to him. Like, oh, let's not run some cattle this year. <laughs> All right, so went through season. Uh, had cameras out. Went mm-hmm. through uh, archery portion. 
Uh, did, didn't harvest anything archery wise? Oh, no, that was my favorite part right there. Okay. Because there was multiple deer I could have shot. There was multiple deer I could have taken. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I didn't have the need to. I seen a couple bucks out there that were legal to shoot. Uh, but, I mean, at this point in time, I just got me a tripod six foot. And uh, it's a, it's a, they said it's a two person. And uh, just got it set up because the year prior we only did the two man stand. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point, we now have three stands and two blinds. Okay. My six foot tripod's. Uh, blind and then my six or seven person blind and then we had a two-man stand a single stand and a climb stand and uh so i just i threw my tripod in this field to where i had my big blind last year i'm like i'm just set this up here if i kill something i kill something if i don't i don't i want to use this year because it was my second year of hunting it and i really want to I want to I want to see what they're using, see, what they're liking. So, so you're using it as an observation, yeah. Stand yeah. time, yeah. My cross you. my crossbow was loaded. I never picked it up. Yeah, uh, I had multiple. I had a good sized doe walk ten yards from me, right next to my tripod stand. I did not have the urge or the feel the need to reach out and tag her. I'm like, I, I want to see where you go. I I want to I want to know what kind of route you're using. Or what? What? What's your what? What she was thinking? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And so I sat out there all bow season as much as I could. And at this point in time, I was not working because COVID done already kicked in and yeah. oh yeah, all that good stuff. So I was spending three to four days out of every week sitting See? out there. What did we say? <laughs> it turns into a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be. No, going it's out. a good problem, but it. Yeah. it I'd be going out there in the morning, <laughs> my wife, and what are you doing tomorrow? Uh, is your mom watching the baby? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she wants to. It's like, all right, she can take the baby. I'm going to the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but I did sit a lot of time out there, and uh, there was a couple days I packed my lunch, and I just stayed out there all day just watching. There was, you know, there was times I didn't see nothing, but, I mean, it's peaceful. Oh, yeah. So, I, I still enjoyed it either way. And then – uh but, I mean, just where I was sitting at was an open field, kind of down a holler. And then where I was facing at went up to another hill, which was the other square part. It goes up a hill, and there's telephone poles or electric poles that run up this. And I was kind of noticing that these deer were crossing at the top of that, right at the crest of that hill. And I've seen that day after day after day, and the normal time was always between 7 and 10 o'clock hmm. every time and it was normally the same three does that i was seeing so i got with james i was like man i was like i think they're crossing up top i don't think they're crossing down here where where we were thinking right so right there at the end of both season i went ahead and moved my tripod stand up the top of that hill i said i think this is the spot yeah sat out there three times during bow season man they were using that they were using the property i was hunting and crossing right in that open field to get to the other property that we butt up to. That thousand acres. No. No. The one that uh so where I'm sitting at, you've got the thousand acres to the south of me. Okay. And then <clears throat> the same person that owns the thousand acres owns this other lot which meets up to the thousand acres just to the west of me. Okay. Directly north of me 
is another property where they hunt, but they don't bow hunt. They just rifle hunt. Yeah. <clears throat> and they were running over there during bow season. So I pretty much just, nothing was coming out that I was real interested in and that, and I knew what they were doing. So I went ahead, we moved the cameras up there where I was seeing them cross that field. And uh, this, we, and then a couple, I'd say a week, week and a half went by. And then that's when next thing you know it, we went out there one day to kind of check on things. And, and this is very important what I'm going to say next, because last year we, I think we screwed up. We didn't have scent cover. We didn't worry about what we were wearing and none of that when we went out there to set up. And I think it did a toll when it came to rifle season. Okay. Because during bow season, they weren't used to us being there. It was our first year hunting there. Yeah. They were. They didn't know what was happening. Rifle season, we didn't see nothing until doe season last year. Really? This year, I mean, we scent covered. We we always made sure we wore our hunting gear out there to prep our stations because we have – I stick my stuff – uh, into a tub, mm-hmm. a lock sealed tub, and I use that uh, scent earth scent. Okay, earth the scent. earth scent tabs that you can hang from the trees and stuff. Yeah, I open a thing of those and I throw them in the tub, and I leave that sealed all year long. My wife hates it. <laughs> I open up that tub when it comes deer season. Man, the whole house smells <laughs> like but, dirt. Yeah, yeah, but it it works. I've no, I've noticed it. It works. Well, and you're paying attention to your wind. Mm-hmm. how you smell so that if they do catch your wind, you know, they, it might trick them or it might uh, – it could potentially make them think that that's, nothing's going on. But, I mean, that's a good point. When you're going in to set up or to work, mm-hmm. and especially for you, when you pretty much have an idea that they're in this 1,000 acres mm-hmm. or they're in this this other spot that butts up to it, when I'm in here working – and if my wind is just blowing straight into it, all I'm doing is educating, educating, educating the yeah. deer that there's somebody here. Mm-hmm. So, and it does suck when you want to go work on it. The wind's blowing the wrong way, and you're like, "Yeah, I gotta stay out." Yeah, I gotta stay out and just do it another day. But uh, it's a it's a good plan. We stuck to the open fields. So right towards the the only time we went in the actual thicket and the timber was bow season when we went out there to sit. Any other time. We we tried to make sure our cameras were on the edge. Uh, if we had to go in, we didn't go in far. We tried to stay out of the thicket. That's their home. That's what they use. We don't want to go in there brushing up all against it with our arms and our hands and everything else, and then they catch wind of that, and they mm-hmm. not like it, and then they end up taking a different route. Yeah. So that's when we started noticing, like I said, it was it was a couple it – was, it was the second week of bow season. And we just caught, uh, when I moved my tripod stand to that hill up top, there was, we missed them. We didn't catch them, but scrapes and licking branches. And we walked right past them, I don't know how many times. And we, it never crossed our minds, and we finally caught them. And we're like, holy, one was a community scrape. We ended up figuring out one was a community scrape. This thing was huge. Really? And there was, there was four or five different kind of scrapes on it. And so, or was it? <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> I just picked up this giant rack. <laughs> you uh, know. And and the next thing you know, it this right. It was 
a week a week before rifle season we went out there to kind of scout and just kind of check on our stuff and there was rubs all next to these and he actually they actually started doing a, a pattern mm-hmm. where they were going down the line to where you could follow the rubs and see which direction he was going on which one he was and everything else and we always went off of the base of the tree they use what kind of tree they rubbed on and all that on depending on the size and these these were not he didn't do these this this was the 10 point that we had on camera Mm -hmm. and because we ended up putting cameras out there and we got him doing it got him doing it yeah and uh it's pretty cool to get a scrape line or a rub line yeah you know all the years i've hunted um i i've still not been able to find a line just because my properties are smaller or that there's not much timber and it'd be really fun to find a rub line and you know kind of figure out where he's coming from or going to every every night every every morning all that stuff so so leading up to rifle season you you're getting this 10 pointer on camera doing his stuff Mm -hmm. but once again as far as you know this deer right here doesn't exist. Yep, never seen him. Still anything. haven't seen him, never, not a single picture, not a sighting, nothing. So in your mind, you're kind of after this 10 or, you know, other other deer that might be making sign in there too. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, obviously the night before rifle hits and you guys are making your plans and all, all that, and I'm assuming you're saying, hey, we're going to go out, and I know you did, but – you know, what was your thoughts going into the opening day of rifle? What was your kind of your goal or your plan there? Well, with where James was sitting and with where I was sitting, I was hoping the way the end of bow season went, I was kind of doubting myself. I wasn't seeing much. Uh, but from what we've heard from other people, we knew the rut was hitting hard. Mm-hmm. It and, hit uh, perfect this year. Yes, it did. Uh, and so we were hoping, you know, maybe – Maybe we get some does in here, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we'll get something drawn out. And we were hoping we actually <laughs> we actually sat down and made a list of these deer we had on camera, and we named them. <laughs> Boom. Uh, the, no, hold on, hold on. Don't even go further. <laughs> yeah. I give him crap every year because he names all his deer, too. I just don't. Gabe, do you? I do. Boom, it's three against four. I'm just telling yeah. you. Join the party. Join the party. It's fun. Yeah. We'll actually sit there and we'll study the pictures. Yeah. Me yeah. and James will. And we'll look for characteristics, like just certain things, you know. Maybe he's got a cut on his left ear. So we'll know that's, like, one of ours was Tank. We named him Tank mm-hmm. because he he was the biggest. And, I mean, not only was he a 10, the biggest neck I've seen. I mean, this dude this dude looked like he went <laughs> to the gym five days a week. <laughs> this, this deer was built. And, and so we named him Tank, and then there was a the eight point we ended up finding on the camera that, like I said, the previous year he was eight. Uh, he was also ten this year. Uh, he's still out there. So was the other one. We'd never seen either one of them. So that was your kind of your goal, or your plan was to go after these deer, obviously. Yep. Yeah. And then you went out opening morning, and, uh, well, shit, we're at the story now, so yep. mm-hmm. let's, let's, hear it. let's just go through the story. So... Got up, and my sister's brother-in-law and his girlfriend wanted to go hunting with me. I was like, that's fine. I'm going to sit in my tripod stand. I was like, I've been doing this studying. I've been doing this scouting. That's where I'm sitting. That's where we need to sit. And he's only going out there with me to shoot whatever comes out. And uh, his name's Lucas. 
and his girlfriend's name's Celeste. And uh, so we get out there, and I told him I want to get out there early. So we got out there about 5.15. Plenty early. Yeah. And uh, he goes, and I told him, I was like, still dark. They ain't going to see us coming in. We got to be quiet as possible. I don't want them hearing us coming in. Going in, we ran something out. We I heard it. Mm-hmm. We get in the tripod stand. <laughs> this is when it gets kind of funny because it's a two-person tripod stand. <laughs> You're trying to fit three people up there. I'm a pretty big dude. <laughs> <laughs> I probably count for two. The good thing is, is her brother, Lucas, he's, he's a small guy, and so is Celeste. So we end up getting sitting chair to chair. I'm on the left side. He's on the right. We end up sitting her down on the platform <laughs> of this tripod stand. She's sitting down there all cuddled up and all that. So we're sitting there hanging out. Day breaks. Not much going on. And Luke's got to look at me and goes, what is out there in the middle of the field? And I'm like, I don't know. I kind of look and I see a coyote. This was it. I'm telling you, this is 20 minutes before, before the shit happened. The 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 good part. Yeah. And a week before this, I just bought the six five Creedmoor. And the same thing happened during bow season the year prior. A week before I went bow hunting, I bought my crossbow. So I went and bought this uh, Thompson Center mm-hmm. six five Creedmoor. Everybody was talking about them, so I'm like. I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna see what it does. Good gun. Shot it. I loved it. Yeah. Shot like a 22, but has a powerful, powerful, just as a 243. Yep. They're tech drivers for sure. So this coyote standing out there in the field. I'm like, screw it. I'm gonna shoot it. I've never killed a coyote. Shot it. He did some kind of circling thing, and then just <laughs> took off running. I'm like, well, if I got him, he died over there, and he ran over to the other property that we're butted up to. And then Luke's like, think you killed it? I was like, if I did, it's on the other property. I was like, that would have been cool to have that because I probably would have had him mounted. And uh, so we're sitting there. About 20 minutes goes by. and You know, we're getting bored. She's asleep. <laughs> she fell asleep over there in the corner. Me and Luke's play, sitting here playing on our phones. You know, we're laughing. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, Just normal. Yeah. We're sitting here talking just like this. Yep. But I'm in a tripod stand that has a blind on it. Mm-hmm. it it's hard for... And I'm thinking rifle season, they're usually 100 yards. So it's hard. It's not like bow season. Bow season, it's, you, I can't make a peep. And I try not to smoke. as I smoke. So I try not to smoke either. Mm-hmm. But so we're sitting there, and when you're sitting in the tripod stand, you're looking at an open field. And if you look off to the east, there's a, there's a little bit of timber, and it's real thick, but it comes out to the, a, a point. This doe comes hauling ass around this this point, right out in the open field. And I'm like, Luke, 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 deer, deer, here you go. Here's your chance. He's like, so we're watching him. And the next thing you know, <laughs> he come flying out right behind was her. That, was, was that the sound you made? <laughs> That's, <laughs> it was like someone just just signed a light down. I mean, I'm sitting there and just, you know, doe, doe. You know, oh, this doe's running. Oh, I'm just looking at her and. I'm not getting hyped up. And then I just see this massive rat come out behind her. I'm like, holy mother of God. <laughs> I'm shaking. I'm grabbing my gun. Luke's like, I can see him. Don't you shoot him. Don't you, don't you do it. <laughs> was, there, and, was there a fist fight in the blind? Oh, no. See, <laughs> on our way out there, I done told him. I was like, 
I'm thinking of the 10 point. I'm like, dude, I was like, I'm telling you now, big boy walks out, you shoot him, I'm shooting you. <laughs> I was like, that's, I was like, I put my work into this. I, I'm doing all this and everything you, else. You, you, you want to shoot a doe or something, that's fine. But yeah, I was it's like, a good job pregaming. You yeah. guys pregame. Good job. Like, At least you, talked about it. I was like, you see a little buck, as long as he's legal, you can take him. Yeah. I was like, but I was like, I don't want to go out here doing like like slaughtering and taking all. I was like, I, we need to manage this a little bit, so we got to watch what we take. Yeah. And he's like, all right, all right, because he doesn't he doesn't ever come out there and he doesn't have time. He's right. he's constantly he works nights mm-hmm. and everything else, so he ain't got time to do much. But and he hasn't hunted since he was just a little boy. Mm-hmm. He his dad would take him out, so he starts hunting. He started hunting with me now, but yeah. So, he ran out, and I mean, Luke, Luke could have dropped him, mm-hmm. uh, and he did. He did me a huge favor by not taking that shot. And uh, so, how far is the deer from you at this point? I mean, hundred yeah. yard shot, or what are you thinking? Well, uh, he he stuck right around one hundred twenty, one hundred twenty five. So he never lo- came no closer. Close never got enough no that you could tell he was not small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first thing, the first thought that popped in my head was that big ten point. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is it. I'm going to get him. And I was not going to let him go. And the first shot I made, I've never tried to shoot one on the run, like on a hard run. And he was on a hard run. Neither one of them were slowing down. And uh, I grazed him underneath, uh, shot him in the dick. (laughs) 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 He (laughs) he reared up and uh, he still didn't slow down. And you're not making that up. No. You shot him. I shot his dick off completely. (laughs) It's gone. It It was dangling there. And... What's funny was, is after this, I kind of made a joke because the doe that came out, she was real young. She wasn't very big. As I can see what happens. <laughs> see what yeah, happens. This old man was chasing this young girl. <laughs> he got his dick shot off. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. But, so he rode up, and he just rode up for just a matter of seconds and just continued to go with her. And she, and what what was amazing was is the fact that he it didn't slow him down. This dude was on a mission. And I actually had to, you know how most hunters, you watch these shows and and stuff like that, you'll hear them do that, yeah. like, you know, get them to stop and look at them. I had to scream that in order for him to get him to stop. And he looked right at me. Yeah. And then that second shot, it just dropped him right where he was. And what was even what amazed me even more <laughs> before we get to that part i shot and i seen him hit the ground oh man james was sitting down there in the other stand he was probably 200 maybe a little over 200 yards from me could hear me screaming bloody mutter and i mean i was yelling i was like whoa i mean i'm screaming i'm yelling and we're in this tripod stand <laughs> luke now right as he dropped or i'm sorry let me back up a bit because i missed a good part <laughs> When he come running out, she was asleep, not even thinking. I reached down one hand. I grabbed her up off that platform, and I'm holding her next to me so she can see it. <laughs> One-handed, I picked her up off this platform, and, she, and I'm like, Let's look at this. <laughs> look at this thing. <laughs> and then so, but after all that, I shot him. He dropped, and I go to get down, and I, I'm like this. The whole tripod's just shaking. And Luke and Celeste are all like, they're like, you got to stop. You're going to make this thing fall over. And then we're all going to get hurt. 
I'm like, oh, I'm getting down, I'm getting down, I'm trying to unzip it, and I grab the handles on the ladder, and I'm like shaking the whole. I'm not trying to. <laughs> oh no, no, you're but nervous. dude, I'm I get it. shaking. I'm cons- I'm looking at them, and they're going back and forth in the tripod as I'm climbing down. Buck fever. Yep, it's a real thing. Uh, and I get down, and I'm like, they're working on getting their stuff, and I'm telling them, like, come on, come on, come on, get the, get the hell out of the stand. Let's go. Let's walk over there. <laughs> they're like, dude, he died. He's dead. He's you got him. I was like, yeah, but I want to see him. <laughs> yeah, so put my hands on. So we're walking across the field, and I'm we're to kind of talking. I'm like, Luke, he's a big one. He goes, I go, dude, I think it's a big 10. He goes, dude, he's bigger than a 10. It's like, what makes you say that? And we kind of stopped where we were looking, and we could see the whole half of the rack sticking up out of the field. Yeah, either one of these sides will tell you and that. I'll, yeah. What's his inside spread? Do you remember off the top of your head? 21. Yeah. yeah 21. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Huge. But anyways, as you were saying, sorry. So really- I get closer, and I walk up on this thing, and – I didn't have any words. Like, it was just, I I, yeah, I was speechless. I mean, the first time touching this, in the I mean, you know, on the hoof, I, can, I cannot imagine. And once again, you had never seen this deer in your life, Mm-mm. not on camera, not in person, nothing. Mm-mm. And that is, I mean, that is the rut right there. Yeah. That is the rut everywhere you go. That's the rut because he was definitely a rut buck. It can make a, uh, I guess you'd call it a dream come true or shatter dreams at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm sure there was somebody that knew about him or, or well, you're going to tell us a, a story, I guess. But, um, you know, there were there were hopes and dreams crushed and made all at the same time. And that's the rut right there. I mean, yeah. you know, it can it can make deer like him, who is obviously mature. I mean, I would I would guess he's no no less than five or six years old at this. I mean, maybe even guess. seven. The taxidermist said seven. I was going to say he's he's most likely six or seven. Um, you know, it just depends. Some sometimes they start going down quicker, and you just never know. But um, that deer was not a dumb deer, Mm-mm. and all of a sudden he was doing dumb things because chasing that's what the that rut young is. tail. Yep, and uh, got his dick shot off like you said. <laughs> yeah. <apparently. laughs> uh, We've all been there. We've all made, you know, subpar shots in our lives at some yep. point. And, uh, um, you know, luckily he was – you got him to stop at least and you're able to put the second shot on him. So yep. that's that's really nice. So you touched him for the first time and you're just like, what? I mean – I I instantly started taking out my phone yeah. and just, I mean, calling people. You guys won't believe this, you know, sending pictures out. I was taking pictures right off the bat and just getting them out. Well – my first phone call was to James, of course, because he was he was down there. And uh, I done called him once I got out of the tripod stand. I was like, dude, I shot a big buck. And, I, and he goes, was it the Big Ten? I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it is. He's like, all right, uh, let me know. So we walk up on him, and then I end up figuring out he's a 17-point. And I'm like, well, this puts a little damp on the 10-point. <laughs> <laughs> so I call him back like, dude, he's 17 points. He goes, no, there's no way. He's like, dude, I am telling you. He goes, you're screwing with me. I was like, no, I'm not. Dude, I'm telling you. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. And about that time, I just happened to look over, and here comes another buck. Just <laughs> running out in the middle of the field. Yeah. Stops and looks at us. The rut. And I'm like, nope, he's not legal. He's only got three on one side. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, Luke, we got to let him go because Luke hasn't shot nothing yet. Mm-hmm. So he took off and jumped over the fence. So... 
I mean, I mean, I mean, instantly right after that, the seven point come running straight at us from the same spot, and I'm like, Luke, if he, he looks legal, and then Luke drew up and he had him in a scope because he's legal. I was like, then take him, and he dropped him right there, and James, and James was on the phone. He goes, Did Luke get one? I was like, Yeah, he just dropped a buck too. He's like, holy crap. What is going on out here? And yep. he probably didn't see nothing all morning, did he? No. He didn't see <laughs> Poor James. Poor James. James, hey, I feel your pain, buddy. Sorry, man. <laughs> and so he, he's like, all right, well, I'm go, I'll just come up there. And I was like, all right. And so we walk over to Luke's seven point, and we're standing by it. James comes around the gate, and we're like, he goes, are you standing by yours? I'm like, yeah, this is my big one right here. Oh, yeah. He walks <laughs> up, and he goes, yeah, see, I knew you were screwing with me. <laughs> I'm like, no, mine's over there. He <laughs> looks out and he goes, holy crap. I was like, you can't see that from here. He goes, no, but I can see it sticking up out of the grass. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gosh. And he just walked. He was, dude, he was speechless too. I would be too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I can't believe this. And all he kept saying was, look at the mass on this thing. Yeah. That's that's what gets me about him. And what was the, I mean, you grew up, you said, hunting, you know, for meat and, you know, racks didn't matter to you. And, I mean, even going into this year, you guys had some some things you wanted to do, but. It wasn't like you thought you were going to shoot this. Yeah, no. What was the first time that you had an idea that he was going to be over 200 inches? I mean, did you probably just looking at him were like, oh, he's big, but you had no idea. I mean, when was the first time someone mentioned to you or that you thought, holy hell, I could have a, a, a deer that's over 200 inches? Honestly, I still don't even think it's sat in yet. <laughs> yeah. Because I still look at this well, thing. There he and- is. <laughs> I can't believe myself that I've got him. Yeah. Like, it's just. He's gorgeous. You're fortunate. Very fortunate. A part of me sits here and looks at this thing and goes, damn. Yeah. Look what I've done. And then another part of me is like, oh, my God, look what you've done. Like, uh, a I sad part. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, now one of my, one of my, this, this was what I went out in the woods to do. Like, this is what I was looking for. This was. It gave me hopes. Like, it gave me – it made me try. Mm-hmm, it made sure, me yeah. actually do things to – and, I mean, I'm still going to continue to do that for my family, as my wife and my daughter and my son and all that, because I want to get them on a big one. But, I mean, yeah, just from what I did, I did not <laughs> think what we did would get this guy here. Right. I, I mean, and it doesn't a lot, but, I mean, this is – I mean, this is why I think the story is so cool because – so for the listener that uh, – we've said it several times, this deer measured just, just under 213 inches, what, 212 and 6 eighths or whatever. Yep. Um, and this was officially scored by uh, um official scorer, and um, it's a legitimate deer. I mean, my goodness. And what I think is cool about this deer is, Joe, you are just like anybody else that's hunting in the state of Missouri right now. You're a regular guy. Goes to work every day, works hard. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> goes to work, got, has a job, you know, um, has a small piece of property that he can hunt and does what he can when he can do it. Um, you know, it's not like you're able to do a whole lot more than that, and this happened. Yeah. My thoughts you know, on that right there is if you're a hunter, don't ever – don't doubt yourself. Like we doubted, I've doubted myself a lot. And I mean, just don't give up. I mean, yeah, if you don't, if you ain't got property hunt, if you know somebody who who hunts and they're going to let you hunt it, 
you never know what's going to happen. No, you don't. Especially during the rut. Yeah. And you, too, could shoot a 200-inch deer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Probably it, not, but still. Yeah. It's possible. <laughs> the, the, the crazy thing is, everybody listening, nobody – I mean, where I hunt, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to see a 180-inch deer, let alone a 214 or 213, whatever this is. But you, you, really, you really don't know. I mean, I, it is – anything's possible wherever you hunt. I mean, this deer was in hayfields – not much crop around from the way you've explained it. A bunch of, you know, acreage where he could probably hide, and this is what came out of it. Yeah. I mean, a freaking giant. Um, gorgeous deer. Um, technically is considered non-typical, is yeah. what you were telling me. Yep. But, I mean, mostly just because he's got a bunch of trash coming off and, you know, different points, but he's got a typical-shaped rack. Yeah. Rack. I mean, he's, he's about as – cool as as you could get and the mass is just amazing i mean you know for the listener i know you're not getting to all kinds of blades and yeah i mean it's pretty cool palmation and of course there'll be you'll see pictures uh with the episode release and people will uh um see a picture of them but you know um this is one of the coolest things about what we do with this podcast is you know we're getting to lay hands on a, a beautiful deer uh that will most likely be on your wall at some point i'm guessing (laughs) <laughs> right, the taxidermist told me I'd have it by summer. Nice, uh, yeah, and that's that's a gorgeous, gorgeous thing. And speaking of pictures, uh, there was a guy that was four properties from me that was hunting the same deer, and he called him Turkeyfoot. That was his name, of, yeah, because of this, because of that back there, and he called him Turkeyfoot. Uh, he actually got a hold of me on Facebook, and he sent me trail cam pictures and trail cam videos of this deer that he's been hunting for two years. Oh wow! Last year he sh- uh, he sent me pictures of him. Last year, last year he was only an eleven point. Wow! So he really blew up. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that happened with my buck that I got in two years ago. Uh, the neighboring farm we lost. We had early pictures of him it's still in velvet. We never had any hard horn, and then I harvested him the Sunday of opening weekend and then the neighbor she she was kind enough to send me all the trail because he moved over to her farm but then during the same thing during the rut he came chasing in a doe and she sent me all the pictures that she had of him so that yeah. was pretty cool and that's cool that guy to do that i mean yeah you know he all at the same time he's probably happy for you and just wants to cry oh probably. yeah he told me he was sad oh i mean i get it you know and, but he was happy too because he's yeah. like he goes i'm glad someone got him and he goes and i'm and he goes he's like I can't give you a big enough congratulations. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's 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 what I mean, you know, most hunters that there are other hunters that are doing things the right way around them root for that person. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like I don't I don't want to see you fail. Uh yeah, would I would he have loved to have got what what do you call him turkey foot? Yeah. That that does make sense. Yeah, that one uh, right, there, right there. You know, would he have loved to got him? Sure. But uh, at least, you know, he's going to be enjoyed for the rest of someone's life, and this deer's going to be somewhere forever. I mean, I, I don't think this deer's ever going to go so, <laughs> in the trash. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I'm really hoping with the way the, we're running around that area, I'm really hoping his gene pool's in there. Oh, yeah. Well, and you just never know. I mean, that's that's what's cool about some of these stories is this guy could have died over the winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have been seven years old like the the scorer was saying he was potentially. And I mean, he could have got sick over the winter and and died, and you know, was he a pretty big bodied deer? Oh yeah, huge. oh yeah. It so took it took three already. of us to get him in the truck. Oh wow. Uh, 
taking him in when I had him processed. Uh, took him up there to cutting up. And uh, they actually, when I picked up, when they were finished processing with it, the the hang weight for skinned and gutted was 109. Oh, wow. Uh, so they went from talking to them and just kind of gathering what we had to lift, I'd say he was 300, if not a little more, Jeez. getting him in the truck. That's mm-hmm. a huge yeah, deal. I could see where that would correlate because uh, <laughs> that's just, it's amazing. I, mean, I can't, I can't, uh, congratulations, by the way. Have we said that? I don't think don't we said think so. that yet. But, yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. What a, a cool story. Um, cool way we found out about it. I mean, I can't believe, you know, we don't live 15 minutes apart from each other. And this freak was killed, I mean, not 15 minutes from where I live, but at least in the general area. And it's it's cool to know these deer are out here. They're not just on these giant deer farms being grown. They're not just where, you know, you've got 1,000 acres that you can – that you can – uh what manage it the way you want to and and yeah you can get those in that that scenario but this was killed on a 60 acre horse pasture or cow pasture basically and um you're talking about a 213 inch deer so that's that's awesome um and it's it's another another an average person just like me micah gabe we're all average guys that are just love hunting so congratulations dude and whatever we did this year, man, it worked because we took three bucks off this. Uh, James took a, I want to say it was about a 145, eight nice. point, nice. 140. He was in the 140s, two days, same spot after mine. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And then the day after, uh, or it was the weekend after, I shot mine. His girlfriend <coughs> took a seven point. Very cool. Yeah, that's so pretty cool. We took four of them off there within the rifle season. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's what we love about these Tales of the Chase episodes that we do. I mean, some of them we've had industry experts on, uh, you know, professional hunters, quote-unquote, however you want to uh, describe them, and we've had them on, and, and their stories are awesome. We've had uh, guys talking about fish, uh, fishing trips that they've been on that are awesome, and, you know, we've had regular folks that, have been out and killed um, stuff in, you know, St. Louis with Ted Bright on a couple months ago about his archery buck. and Buddy that's 38 years old and killed his first doe. First doe know, at 30, 39 years old. 39 years old. Yeah. So. And so, uh, and then just a, another cool guy, nice guy that likes to hunt and went out and killed a freaking 213-inch deer. So uh, that's that's what's awesome about these stories, and they're, they're, they're all different. They're all unique. And this one's amazing that you never even knew he existed till the day you put a bullet in him. Yeah. I, I can't believe that. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, that's still hard for me to believe. Yeah. <laughs> and that was how many months ago now? Oof. Yeah. Yeah, November 14th, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about this, so we use the same processor. And mm-hmm. when you were on the phone, you told me that uh, you'd shot him and, and um, you'd had him into the processor pretty quickly that morning. <clears throat> and so I was in there that same day, a little later. And so I told you, I I, I swore I had to have messed with your deer because there were, you know, 60 deer laying out by the time I got there, and I'm going through just playing with different antlers and having fun. And then you brought them tonight, and there's no way I touched this deer that day because mm. I would have remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was some there were some nice bucks out there, but I'm just like, that was not out there. They might yeah. have been afraid to leave it out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if possible. they, yeah, yeah. 
Very possible. Because I called him and I told him, you know, because I had talked to him previously. And I'm going to tell you, this stuff works, too, because I bought a bottle of this stuff from him. Uh, Happy Herd. And uh, it's I use the acorn flavored Happy Herd. I went out there and sprayed it. Man, they love it. Mm-hmm. You just got you didn't got to spray very much. Just put a little something on the ground. That's all I ever did. And they came up licking it. <laughs> I mean, they loved it. And I sprayed it on my blind as a cover scent because you can use it as a cover scent as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. But I called him and I told him, I was like, hey, uh, I shot a 17 point. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> and that's a, that was the response I got. I go, I shot a 17 point. Are you are you up there? You didn't even bring me up? If you really shot it, yeah, get him up here. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll get him loaded, and I'll be up there in a little bit. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Well, I was like, we just shot a seven point. Can we bring him up there, too? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, that's fine. And, I mean, he didn't sound that excited on the phone. And, man, I pull up there, and he's all like, he comes flying out of the building. He's like, he goes, is he in there? He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's in here. And, I mean, dude, oh, there was a line there when I showed up. And everybody just, I mean, I felt like – I was famous. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. Everybody was wanting pictures of him and was just, I mean, they were just looking at him and they they just, they were amazed. They were just as amazed as I was. Oh, yeah. yeah. It the, was awesome. The, this was the first time in a long time that when I took my or my rifle buck to cutting up, um, Gabe, you might not, I don't remember how, kind of when these really stopped, but when you used to have to go and physically check your deer yes, in. I miss it. Yeah, those oh, yeah. check stations, and and you had you, I I mean, we were there for an hour at least, just talking to people, seeing the different deer, because it felt like a check station, because there were so many deer brought in, because the the rut did hit perfectly this year on in rifle season in Missouri, and a lot of deer went down, so, um, it, that's what it felt like, mm-hmm. and it was it was really cool, and I almost wish those check stations would come back because I agree. it 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 took me back to that time where you know oh what'd you get and you look in the back of your buddy's truck and you're like that's a that's a good one you care if i you know play with them you know i mean it it really was pretty cool and and i did i went through and i touched every rack that was out there laying and just while i was waiting and talking and i did not touch yours there's no way because i was there probably three or four hours after you and and uh um there's no way I touched this rack because yeah. I would have remembered that one. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a hard one to forget. <laughs> yeah, hunting twenty years, like you said, I that was the best part. Honestly, was going to that check station. I remember going there with my dad all the time. You got to share the stories. You got to, you know, what times you shoot yours. You know, mm-hmm. it yeah. was awesome. We'd hang out there. I mean, I was a little kid, so I was always like, "Dad, are we ready to go in?" <laughs> we'd stand there and talk for hours, just visiting with everybody else and. It was awesome going there, and everybody was there. You were able to talk to them and everything else. And Yeah. I'll be honest, that day I would have stayed at that, that place all day if I could have because it, it did feel – I mean, it was just a, the energy there. Everybody was happy when they were coming in, bringing their deer, and, um, you know, they they had just – they got overwhelmed with how many deer were coming in. I mean, just, just one after another, a parade of, of deer, and it was, it was pretty cool. So, um, once again, congrats, Joe. Awesome deer. Uh, better to see some pictures once you got that mount finished, too. I want to oh, see how he's hanging. Oh, you will. And, um, Mike, you got anything for him? Oh, I think that's it, man. Gabe, really? dude, I'm, I'm sorry you didn't get to talk much. No, that's all right. I got one thing to say. Yeah. It sure would have been a nice one next year. <laughs> <laughs> that's a common theme for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> would have been a nice one next year. I mean, you are right. I mean, 
What are you thinking, dude? You could have shot a 230-inch deer. Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, I he could have been going, I, I doubt it. Either been one, going he, downhill. Yeah, he would have been shrinking or he would have died off or someone else would have got it. Busted him. off half his rack. <laughs> yep, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, you take the bird in the hand, not the one in the bush or whatever <laughs> yeah. how that goes. Yep. So congrats again, buddy. Uh, you guys got anything off else before we hop off? No, thanks for having us. Micah? Yeah. No. All right, we'll see you guys. Yep. All right, all right, all right. There you go, guys. That was awesome. The, I, I really enjoyed the fact that he was able to bring in the rack so we could actually put our hands on it. I mean, that thing, just the mass. When when you say, when somebody says beer cans coming out or whatever, like that one truly was beer can basis. And he carried it all Thru, the way through. Throughout. Just yeah. mass, mass, mass. Yeah. I mean, points. Uh, it had everything. Dark chocolate rack. Beautiful. Oh, just absolutely. And, and once again, I mean, it's. we've said this a million times, score doesn't matter. No. Your trophy is your trophy. But what is so freaking cool about this episode is Joe, uh, this is the third buck he's ever killed, Yeah, I think. And he, he, he's a meat, he was a meat He's hunter. a regular like guy that just, he goes hunting. I mean, he's hunted his whole life for meat, and he just started hunting this new 60-acre farm of his wife's grandparents. And... Holy hell. Yeah. Freaking yeah. beast. I mean, you know, who wouldn't want to hear that story? So it, it's, uh, at least we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, what else are you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's awesome. Uh, really good guys, both of them. You know, we did, obviously didn't hear much from Gabe, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but no, it's just, it's really cool. Really cool story. And I mean, we just had a lot of fun. So we did. So hope everybody enjoyed that. Make sure to, uh, uh, go check out these pictures that are going to be uh, we're going to be posting with this episode. Um, uh, Joe sent us some cool pictures, and we'll we'll share them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, check out our so it'll be both on our Instagram and our Facebook page. Instagram's at Missouri Woods and Water, all spelled out. Uh, Facebook, just type our name, you'll find it. And then uh, make sure to subscribe and uh, listen to our show. Uh, obviously, you're listening right now. If you're listening to this, <laughs> but yeah, uh, maybe get on there, give us five stars or something like that. Yeah, you know, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Uh, otherwise, appreciate you all, and we'll talk to you later.